Hey guys, hey. we are S and M, and welcome to I Bet You Think This Podcast Is About You. And if you think this podcast is about you, then you <laughs> are probably a narcissist. It probably is. <laughs> uh, and it's not about you, it is about us and the people that, who walk the face of planet Earth and who have survived relationships with these individuals who we think are on the cluster B personality disorder. We say we think because we are not not, mental health professionals. (laughs) We are run-of-the-mill, ordinary women who've had the misfortune of meeting these guys, most of the time guys. Sometimes women, in my case, women. Also women, Mm -hmm. either in romantic relationships or in our family structure or in the business world. And we are tired of hiding from these guys who make us think that everything is all of our fault. So welcome to episode one. It's not me. It's It's you. you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's funny. So I will tell you, I've exited a relationship with a total sociopath. Now, that's, again, only my assessment, (laughs) but he is for sure a narcissist. And for several years, I let him gaslight me, tell me that everything was my fault, everything relationship-wise revolved around him and his wants and his needs and his desires. And when I pushed back on that and set up some boundaries, I was labeled as crazy or I'm making things up or I'm paranoid or I must have issues with other men in my life. And, you know, it all ended in a flaming pile of shit. And when I walked away from my flaming pile of shit, I thought, whoa, I can't believe that happened to me. Yep. And so I started talking to friends like my friend M here and I th- and learned, holy crap, it's mm-hmm. not just me. Mm-hmm. This is super relatable. Right. But they always make you think that it is about you. Yeah. And we'll talk about and explain some of the things that S was mentioning, like gaslighting. What does that mean? What does that feel like um, in a relationship? Because it all happens when you are in a relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath. And um, there's some differentiations between the two of those personality disorders, but they feel very similar. You don't really know what's happening. And they begin to very slowly kind of degrade your sense of reality, your self-esteem, your self-perception, and you begin to question a lot of things about yourself. So in a normal, healthy adult relationship, that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't begin to feel less than, as mentioned, yes, <laughs> And that basically is when um, something happens, you know what happened, you saw it, but then when you present it to your narcissist or to your sociopath or your toxic uh, individual, they tell you, no. That didn't happen. You must be crazy. That must be your particular issue when you know for sure that it happened. Well, over the course of months and months and years, you begin to doubt everything. And then that's really when they have you. So we'll go into kind of what a narcissist looks like and um, the different steps that they take. Because here's the thing, um, and we are both in this for similar reasons, but also there are some differentiations. I really want to raise awareness on what does it look like when you are in the presence of a toxic person. Um, we are, obviously, we can't diagnose someone with a personality disorder, really, nor can you if you're not a mental health professional. But there, it's interesting because some of these people they, with these cluster B personality disorders, especially narcissism, they literally follow like the exact same steps. They are almost all- in the same same order. <laughs> They're so, the same dude. 
I, yeah. I I don't know how many times I've had conversations with friends, and I'm like, oh my god, did we date the same guy? Yes. And they're like, oh no, this guy's you know 35 and a farmer. And I was like, that's not did. my guy. At the same time, and you had no idea because they didn't right? tell you. Well, no, of course not. So you know, I think one of the things that I've struggled with is you know sharing my story with people. They think, wow, you know, you're savvy. You're not stupid. You're not a pushover. Mm. How do you end up with these guys Um, or guy in particular? And, you know, after a lot of reflection on that, it's interesting because they don't start off as an asshole who's gaslighting you. No, they are probably gaslighting you, but they start off like the greatest guy in the whole world and he thinks you're amazing soulmates and and it's 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 that whole thing that i've now learned is called love bombing Mm -hmm. where they they're always there they're texting you they love you now they will move on to that love phase real quick yes (laughs) yes they love you the first date Yes. You know, you're their soulmate by the weekend mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, this mm-hmm. guy like gets me. And you, and it's so crazy because everything that you're into, they're, they're into, into too. too. Yeah. You're like, I've never met somebody who loves sailing and soccer <laughs> and, and baby goats, <laughs> and baby oh my goats like I do. <laughs> but here's this guy who's all, you know, favorite show is Orange the, is the New Black. I'm like, wow, right. you like everything that I like. <clears throat> And it turns out they don't like any of that crap. That's just sort of their, it's their MO. It's how they get in and they, it's insidious. They, they, they infiltrate your life and they Mm -hmm. create this fake bond and make you share information with them. Cause when you feel like you have that camaraderie, that's Mm -hmm. when you overshare, Mm -hmm. right? Cause you think that they really care and you think they're just like you. Right. And then you're stuck. Right. That's when they get you. That's That's when they they get get you. you. But here's a suggestion. If you think that you are in a relationship with someone who's doing this to you and you're in the love bombing phase, start to ask them very specific questions. If they say that they love this or they're planning on doing this, ask them, get get some specifics. Because if you find that they're kind of stuttering their words, they don't have an exact answer or there's no action behind their words. That's another thing. And that narcissists are really good with their words and they'll tell you a lot of things, but rarely is their action to substantiate what they're saying to you. So really, it's almost like interview them mm-hmm. if you're not sure, because that will definitely help to kind of the mask will begin to fall away um, depending on their level of really how many years they've been actively narcissistic. <laughs> they get, well, they, unfortunately, they get better with age. They do. <laughs> no. So, and what's also interesting is when you start challenging them yes. on that, they the narcissist flips Ooh. out. It's actually called the narcissistic injury. I've read that before. Yeah. Yeah. They so I'm like, oh, out. you're really into sailing? You know, how far have you sailed? What kind of boat do you have? How big is it? What kind of engine do you have? And they're like, why are you asking me so many questions? Yes. Don't you believe me? And yes. they get really upset. Yes. And they'll almost actually look like a little puppy dog, at least in my mm-hmm. experience. It's like, I can't believe... They use that phrase, I can't believe you would say that. I can't believe you would think that. I love sailing or whatever it is. I can't believe you would do that. So then all of a sudden, they're the victim. They're the ultimate victim, and you're the one doing something wrong. And then you start thinking, oh, maybe, gosh, maybe I'm a little too inquisitive. So that's kind of how they begin that process. The whole goal being, if I can make this person feel insecure, I can do with them whatever I want. And that makes me feel better about myself because these people are not people to narcissists, you are nope. an object, you are a thing that they're using, and they probably have more than one of you in their little supply. And that's actually called triangulation, and we'll get 
hopefully into that in this podcast. But oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, I call it the toy on the shelf. Everyone's just the toy on the shelf. So which one are you gonna play, which with, one today? Are you gonna play with today? So after the love bombing phase or during the love bombing phase, you also have the grandstanding phase where they present themselves like they are super accomplished and desired and so smart and in in this the, their life is the greatest life in the whole world one thing that i think is like a dead giveaway <laughs> are the, their social media accounts if their social media account <laughs> is like my life is so awesome look today i'm skiing in the alps mm-hmm. and tomorrow i'm gonna eat the sushi straight out of japan you're like mm-hmm. what the fuck is that mm-hmm. right right and when any anytime anyone has a negative comment. See, this is this should have been a dead giveaway for me. If someone has a negative comment in response to one of those, like, wow, you went from the Alps to Japan in two days? That doesn't make any sense. They flip out. They flip, flip out. out. They, 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 you know, you from that them. person because you catch them in a lie. You catch them in a lie. Um, but they will present themselves like they are a, like the grand prize of life. Yep. They're not. But no, because well, because <laughs> as as narcissism unfolds, what you begin to see with these people is that. It literally is. They create a facade. Yes. That's what they're doing. And so once they realize that somehow if you can poke a hole in that facade, they will freak out. They will unfriend you. They will not talk to you. They will, yeah. um, they can definitely slander people. Um, there's, you, I mean, you, you, once we go through these things and you'll just start to recognize all these people in your life that are doing this. Well, and so, you know, after they have that whole first phase of the grandstanding and the love bombing, and you're like, wow, this guy or girl or whatever or this Mm -hmm. parent is so amazing they're so they get me they love me more than anyone's ever loved me they are so wonderful that's when you realize though right because you and i are human and we know nobody is quite that awesome right right? no one's that awesome i'm not that awesome right no one's that cool so then you start to think hmm maybe their stories don't quite add up. Or maybe they told you something today that's just a little different than what they told you the day before, right? So then you challenge them on that. Mm. Say, wait a minute. (laughs) I thought you won a Super Bowl ring in 1986, (laughs) not 1983. What's going on, right? That's when the gaslighting starts. Yes. I didn't say it was 1983. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it was 1986. You got that wrong. You don't listen to me. What's wrong with you? You don't care enough about me to listen to me. And you're like, wow. Did I? Mm-hmm. My favorite gaslighting story, which is fucked up because I am not this stupid. And I'm like ashamed to admit it, but I'm just going to admit it because this is the safe place for this in front of the whole world or two people, whoever's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a circumstance where this total sociopathic narcissist, I think that's how his name is saved on my phone right now, <laughs> tells me that this woman, that this ex-girlfriend of his, isn't in his life, right? And the only reason that I'm I'm curious about that is because he keeps calling me her name. And I'm like, hmm, why are you calling me this other person's name? So then I got gaslit, 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 gaslit. Oh, it's just a mistake. Your voice sounds like her. It's just a bullshit, oh, gosh. Right? The, the, the excuses so, are always so stupid, too. Oh, it's like, I know. really? And it's like the fly the by the seat of your you pants. Have. I know. Oh, my gosh. You okay, really but, suck at being an narcissist. Um, seriously, I bought it. So don't, <laughs> let's not judge too fucking harshly, okay? Okay, because when we're in love with these people, though, right. you know, it changes your perception. And you, and you can't, you think, wow, you spend so much time with me and he's so invested yeah. in me. He must be telling the truth right so you still have all that love bombing 90% of the time it's that love bombing mm-hmm. so this guy's like this woman's not in my life I don't know why you would think that 
Fast forward to an incident where I am meeting a mutual friend of ours for lunch and I walk into this restaurant and there he sits with this other woman who I just happen to know. I know who she is, right? This mother tells me, I'm like, I ignore that. I ignore it. I'm not making a scene. That's not my style. I'm too classy for a scene. You'd be really good at making a scene, though. I, oh, I would pull up a chair and just watch the whole thing go There down. are so many times I wish I could go back in time and make a scene. Yes. But, you know, that's, that's okay. for my dream life. Yep. So I have lunch. I leave. I text him, what, what the fuck? WTF. WTF. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're with this woman. He's like, no, no, I'm not. I was with this former partner of my business partner. And I'm like, who also I know? And I'm like, no. <laughs> See, so the former partner is a redhead and this other chick has like jet black hair. And like, P.S., I know them. Like, I have eyeballs right. in my head and I saw who I was with. No, no, you saw the, no, you didn't see, mm-hmm. you know, Susie, you saw Betsy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know Susie and Betsy. And that was definitely Susie. Mm-hmm. No, it's Betsy. I'm like, how the fuck did I let him convince me? Like, I literally went on Facebook and Instagram to see if Betsy dyed her hair. <laughs> I was like, no, no, still redhead. Pretty sure I'm not crazy. And it's yeah. like, it's that sort of gaslighting and you feel like you're a crazy person because yes. no matter what you say, when I'm like, dude, I saw you, I saw her, you were together. Just, can you just admit that? I'm not even, I, I, we could have a conversation. This doesn't mean our relationship is over, but I want to understand what the relationship is, Right. Won't even admit it. They don't like adult communication. They don't like those conversations. And what they'll do sometimes after they play the victim is stonewall you. So if you do confront them and you say, no, this is what I saw. I saw you there with this woman and they deny it, deny it, gaslight you. And then you, what they'll do is just stop communicating with you. That's a tactic that they use. And then you're like, oh my gosh. It's like being ghosted all of the time in your relationship at the time. Are they, like, busy? What's going on? No. P.S. Everyone reads their text messages. They just choose to not respond. But they do that because then it makes you feel insecure, and then you feel guilty, and then you feel bad, and then that's part of the tactic that they use. The texting is crazy. no adult who is has a high level of emotional intelligence and maturity does that. Right. Not without saying, I'm so sorry for not getting back to you. I really apologize. Let's talk about this. I want to meet for coffee. That's what happens. So if you are in an experience where you're feeling that sort of thing, just know that, again, that person may not have a personality disorder. We're not diagnosing them, but they're probably toxic to some degree, especially if they're not willing to have a a conversation with you. Because if they love you and care about you, you should want to, you know, have those conversations. Exactly. But it's hard. Yeah. And then after, you know, part of the gaslighting phase, at least. (sighs) Most people I've talked to, including myself, is the triangulation. Oh, my gosh. I think that's, like, the worst. That is, that the, is worst. the worst. It is. So, you know, you catch Ugh. you catch so-and-so out with Betsy instead of Susie or whatever. And if they can't gaslight you out of it, then they start to triangulate you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just jealous of her. Yeah. You're just jealous of her. Why are you so jealous? Why do you have that issue? You should go to a therapist. You should talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, my real issue is you, you lied to me to my face mm-hmm. repeatedly, and now you're making it something different, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you ever have anybody in your life who says, everybody says you're dramatic. Oh, everybody gosh. warned me uh, about you. Like that sort projecting. of. Oh, that sort of, and that sort of triangulation. Like, it's not me that it's against you. It's everybody else that's against you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and with the lying and the gaslighting, I have found that they just lie to everyone. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so in right. the story to you is never the story to somebody else. Right. So 
they'll just lie to one person A, lie to person B, and then when person A and person B meet, you're like, what the hell's going mm-hmm. on? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys just don't get along. What's right. up with you guys? You're just jealous of each other. Right. Like, so it wow. makes them feel important. I mean, that's the thing. These people who are narcissistic, who outwardly, uh, they appear that they're so amazing and they're so awesome. And how can you not love them? And, you know, oftentimes they do run companies and they have positions of power. But inwardly, they secretly do feel like absolutely nothing, which is why they yeah. have, as S mentioned in the beginning, lots of toys on the shelf. So sometimes that triangulation is just another toy. If they feel that they're losing you, if one of their toys is like, eh, I'm kind of onto your game, they will yeah. freak out because that is what makes them feel they have any sort of sense of self-worth is when they do create drama, which by the way, they will create a ton of drama. If your relationship is just like drama after drama after drama, that's, you could be in a relationship with someone who has a personality disorder. So they intentionally triangulate with two other people that know each other. They usually somehow are in like a same uh, a, a worker a church group. We have an episode coming up where we will talk about narcissism and its prevalence in religion. Um, But oftentimes they know each other because that creates drama and then that's just what they do and then what they'll do. We get to a stage hopefully in this episode, but they will, um, what's that one where they drop you? Devalue? Mm -hmm. Eventually they drop you and then they just pick up with that other person in the triangulation. So it's all weird, weird game, but um, they just do it for their own for themselves to feel better about themselves, and it's like no. well, and they just they 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 they're collectors, and yeah, in the right. and I think me I think I, I and I don't know, but you know the literature that I've read indicates that they're they're basically trying to get the self worth that they don't actually feel for themselves. Right. So they actually have very low self esteem, very right? low, very low, and so. The experience that I had, the experience I think you've had and mm-hmm. people that I've talked to is that these people, and this is what I noticed. This is when all of the red flags really started to come up for me because I started to notice all he does is take from me. Mm. He never gives me anything. Yes. He never gives me shit. Yeah. Right. I could have up. a bad day. It's, it's all about whether he had a bad day or, you know, what he wants to do or what I can do for him. And he's so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful. You're the, you're the best girlfriend in the whole wide world. Mm. You're so wonderful, but you don't do any of that for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you look back, you're like, wow, he just took, he took and took and took yep. until he thought he took everything that he could and then they'll they, they'll discard you. They'll just devalue totally you. Discard you. I took everything. I I crossed all of the boundaries, and, and that's another red flag. Oh yeah. And and I, I I used up everything I can use up from this human being, and now I'm moving on to the next human being that mm-hmm. I can basically be an emotional vampire on, yeah. right? Like suck everything that I can away from them. Right. And it's like they literally will take up parts of your identity mm-hmm. because they don't have their own. They don't have their own. Right. You know, they they like what you like. They do what you do. And they were, it, part of that isn't even a facade. It's just they really do like what you like while you like it because you're the flavor of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy making, right? Yes. So, and, and the other thing is, like, they'll incrementally push your boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Like texting in the middle of the night. Why didn't you respond to me? Well, because I'm sleeping. Right. Well, I really like it when you text me back in the middle of the night because I'm lonely and I can't sleep. I'm an insomniac or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this happened to me. I'm like, okay. Um, so I'm now I'm 
making sure that my ringer is on and I can text him back if he texts me and he needs me. I'm like, why did I drop that boundary for him? I love to sleep. I'm a sleeping fanatic. I've never had insomnia. Right. (laughs) Like my head is is not even on the pillow and I'm out, right? Just like what you said about takers. Yeah. And he's not thinking, oh, I probably shouldn't wake her up in the middle of the night. That's really rude and selfish of me to expect someone to be sleeping in like the nocturnal hours or whatever, you know, they they don't care. They don't Mm -hmm. care. And it makes them feel special. It makes him feel special because you will actually keep your phone available for him. And then, ooh, I, I feel special. Because a lot of these individuals, when they were children, did not feel special. There's, a, I think, a misconception that all narcissists, like, they thought their parents made them feel too special. And that can happen in some cases where they focus on one particular trait, like a physical appearance or an athletic performance. But usually they don't. They didn't feel special. Right. So that's with how they feel with you. Exactly. Then. But again, they're using you, which is why the discarding phase is the worst because you thought they were in love with you with all the yeah. blood bombing, and then they discard you, or you say, you know what, peace out, I'm done with this disaster. And they don't even, like, they don't even, they, they don't care. And you're like, what? Well, see, you're not upset that <laughs> this is ending? No, because they have some, they have another toy. Yeah. Well, in, I mean, so in my circumstance, I saw what was happening before the discard phase. I know that that's yeah, super devastating. Um, but I got the red flag because... The whole toy thing. That is something that was so prevalent in my mind because certain circumstances came up and I'm like, I'm just a toy to this guy. I am, he's a five-year-old in his sandbox and Mm -hmm. he has 15 trucks and he really likes me because I'm the shiniest truck in the newest truck, but maybe I'm not around. Maybe this truck is, someone else is playing with this truck right now or this truck just needs a little break. So you're going to play with the next truck because who gives a shit? They're just trucks, right? Right. This truck over here shouldn't care if you're playing with this truck because it's just a truck. And I'm like, that's me. Mm -hmm. That's me and his life. We're all just objects that he decides to play with. And why should we care? Because it's all about him. Right. The whole world revolves around this four-year-old in a sandbox. Yeah. And they actually are children. They 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 are emotional children. And so, you know, at that point, at least in my experience, that's when I— when I got out or my most recent experience, that's when I was like, dude, I am out. I am done. And then I realized the worst part, I think, about narcissists is they will never let you go. Hmm. They will never, because to them, this is one of my favorite toys and I want to keep my toys. Like, I don't want someone else to play with my toy. Like, they will, they will, the the word is hoovering, right? So they'll come back 10 times as strong with the love bombing. I love you. You're only, I'm sorry that I did these, all these terrible things. Please come back to me because you are the most special and I loved mm-hmm. you the most and I can't live without you or I'm going to kill myself yeah, if you aren't often. around. Yeah, they'll threaten things like that. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, right? Like I was nobody five seconds ago, but it's, it's appreciating this thing for what it is, right? That these people don't, you know, this, this, it's a sociopathic tendency to not see human beings the same way you see yourself. Mm-hmm. They lack empathy. And they'll also come back, too, if they don't have another supply. If you oh, left yeah. them abruptly and they didn't expect you to leave and they don't have another supply, um, then they will definitely come back really strong. But notice that there are no actions behind it. Nothing. Yeah. They'll they'll say everything, but their actions. Nothing. It's, they won't change. It's all words. I know I, words. you and I have had this conversation oh about gosh. how do I forgive someone who's not sorry? Because he just yeah. says the sorry words. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's great. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Right? 
And the answer is nothing. nothing. Like, the answer is I'm going to say it more and more and more, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to actually mean it because I don't even know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's funny because... You know, you never expect it to be this tough, right? Like I thought, oh my God, if this guy treated me or any guy ever treated me like this, I would just walk away. Um, But I was recently introduced to the term trauma bond. Mm -hmm. Because when you are like a yo-yo in their life, like you're either their best friend and they love you and they're love bombing you and you're amazing and perfect and wonderful and they don't know what they would do without you. Or they're not responding to your text because they're with somebody else. That is the most maddening. Right? Right. Like you are super close, far away, super close, far away. It creates this trauma bond where you almost, you get Mm hypervigilant and you, you don't, you don't want that far away phase Mm -hmm. because you don't know if they're ever coming back or what's happening and you don't understand why they would treat you that way. And you get bonded to them. Mm -hmm. And that is really hard to let go. Yes. And, you know, I mean, one, one thing that I've, I've realized, and I think you've realized the same thing is what these people do is they rob you of your agency. Like all of a sudden you realize, hopefully, <laughs> if you get to a good point um, or a really shitty point, you realize, wow, I'm not even my own person anymore. Mm-hmm. I am their agent, yeah. right? I I am on this earth or they think I'm on this earth. And I've kind of bought into this whole narrative that I was put on this earth to make them not lonely and make them not sad right. and, and and do their laundry and wash their dishes and cook their dinners and make them happy because it's my job to make them happy. I it think isn't, it's, it's not. It's, it's not, not. But as women, I think right. that's partially also societal too. It we is. We feel like we almost get a sense of worthiness because we're making this man feel happy and we're doing things for him. And I think that's part of the overall patriarchy that well, drives me crazy. Well, and you're maternal, right? So if you're yes. with well, children, you're doing that because it's your job to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you're doing it for the men in your life. And all they do is like, take. They just take more, mm-hmm. more, more, more. And I'm like, you, nothing will ever be enough. No. Right. It's a bottomless pit. You know, and it's, you get into the self-blame, right? Like, yeah. if I only loved him more, if I was only a better person or a better lover, or I loved him better, or I did his dishes more often, or if I wasn't so crazy and expected a text back, because, well, it's crazy for me to ever it's expect so a text high maintenance back. I'm so for, maintenance. For requesting adult <laughs> communication. Yes, yes. And everything's my issue. Yes. And I probably need therapy because I'm crazy because I expected him to text me back when I texted him. Because if I don't text him back, holy shit, right? The world's about to come to Oh, yeah. End. Oh, you're terrible. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's like... If I, only I was more understanding, he had a terrible childhood mm-hmm. or people don't understand him. And if I loved him better, he would be better. And right. you're like, no, no, it's not your job. Mm-mm. It's not your job to take care of Mm-mm. this guy. And you will never make him happy because he's unhappy. Right. Right. That's their work. Right. It's their work. Yeah. I mean, that's not always guys. Sometimes it's somebody in your family. Oh, yeah. I've definitely had that experience multiple times. So. Yeah. So, you know, it's if you learn anything from us, if you join us in in future podcasts, we want to be a source of support and maybe resource for women out there who are in the similar situation, because the problem is 
no one talks about this. No There's so much shame mm-hmm. that's associated with being involved with men mm-hmm. like this or women. Or women, right. Um, but if, when you have these toxic people in your life and they've told you your entire relationship that everything is always your fault, you believe it. You mm-hmm. internalize it. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, you feel super ashamed yeah. that you ever let this person in and you let them take so much from you, you know, and with, you know, my experience, I'm like, I'm not this stupid. I'm really not this stupid. I I reckon I should have seen this, right? And you feel like, holy crap, I'm an idiot. But you know what? We're not idiots because they are so well practiced. This is their so game. Good. They're yeah. so good at this. And that's why it's not you. It's, it's not, not a, you. it's not me. It's not me. It's you. Like he has the problem. And it's sad because one thing that I think we should all recognize is that these these cluster B personality disorders, no matter what the million dollar treatment facility wants to tell you, they're not treatable. Right. Um, these people don't change. Mm-hmm. And so if you're sitting around with this guy yelling at you to bring him a beer and not texting you back, if you think he's going to change tomorrow or the next day or when you have a baby or whenever, he is never, never. changing. Mm-hmm. They just get worse. Mm-hmm. And so get out. Get out and go no contact. Get out while you can. It's really, really, really hard. And be a guest on our podcast. We yes. want to hear from you. So we have an Instagram account, uh, S&M Podcast. If you want to leave a comment on some of our content there or send us a message, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you.